0: Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers, leaders, and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping you become a product master. Listen and get ready for higher performance for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, and this is where product leaders and managers become product masters, gaining practical knowledge, influence, and confidence so you'll create products customers love some of the best product management lessons come from unexpected places and I enjoy finding them. This interview is a perfect example. Current resident is the name of a creative video production group in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think of them as video storytellers, effective product managers while we're also storytellers. So I wondered how much of their video creation process would be similar to product management processes and what new insights we might discover as product managers to explore that. I found Patrick Shelton. He's a partner and director at Current Resident. He has a deep love for both narrative storytelling and entrepreneurship. Who better to discuss his craft from a product management perspective? And if you find value in these episodes, please share them with others. Tell other product managers about these episodes. An easy way to do that is through the show notes. We take written notes for you of all the key topics we talk about. You'll find those at theeverydayinnovator.com/285. Also, there's a bonus question that we wrote the answer to in those show notes that we actually don't discuss on the podcast. At the end of the interview, I asked Patrick, "How do we make collaboration work better? How do we become better collaborators?" And you can check out his answer to that at theeverydayinnovator.com/285. Now to the discussion. Patrick, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovator podcast. Chad, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm very excited because, frankly, I'm looking for some inspiration for myself and for the Everyday Innovators. Because we kind of get stuck at times just thinking about our domain, our industry, when we look at products. Mm-hmm. And I remember once I was at this professional uh, meeting. It was actually an association called Product Development Management Association. And I was talking I, – I, at the time, I was a software product manager. I was talking to this guy that does building products. And I was just fascinated, like, you know, the things he talked about, like, wow, that's like the stuff I do, but in a different context. And there's so much mm-hmm. I can learn there. And I'm really interested to learn about looking at a video as a product and mm-hmm. what you go through and how you can kind of help give us some new insights through your experience. So I think this will be great.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's funny you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, it's video as a product because a lot of people think of what we do, we're in the service business and, uh, I, obviously, from our side you know there's a lot of aspects that are very much service based but at the end of the day we're there are deliverables and there are you know you could you can call it a deliverable you can call it a skew either way it's a product uh-huh. and I think there is there's something to be said about that that process that actually when you when you have the process covered, the end product you know it it takes care of itself because you just have to go from a to B to Z, and if you hit those marks and you over communicate uh, you 're going to end up with a quality product, so right. yep, and very good coming from a manufacturing family, uh, my mom and dad are both in manufacturing it's it's very much about a lot of the same values, so
0: yeah, how something gets made and, yeah. and I want to go through that process element of it, but first give give us kind of the sound bite here of what what you do, what kind of videos are you involved in
1: yeah, so uh, my name is Patrick Shelton, and I own, along with my two other partners, uh, and our handful of lovely employees, uh, Current Resident, which is a production company and content studio based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, the better part of the Twin Cities, and that's just my little jab uh, <laughs> at St. Paul. But uh, we really are, you know, we we say we're a a video production company and and Content Studio, and we work primarily directly with with clients. A lot of them are in the healthcare industry because we're in Minnesota. And really, what our mission is isn't so much about creating video. It's really about finding what makes you or your organization special, and understanding that differentiation doesn't necessarily have to come through uh, features and benefits. It can really come through values and. Stories that can latch onto those values and really differentiate you in a in a more uh, well for lack of a better term value-based sense as opposed to you know, we can make five widgets uh, faster than you can make five widgets Uh, So that's really where where we come in is there's a lot of listening and there's a lot of uh, storytelling uh, But it all comes back to what how are you differentiated on a value level? uh, versus you know, the rest of the industry.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate the, you know, obviously if we're doing a video, there's a story, should be a storytelling component of that that comes through strongly. Mm -hmm. And this is something I've always been interested in and I find it very useful for us developing products because we have so many stories that need to be told in that process, Mm -hmm. understanding the customer's story and what their real problem is and what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And then how our product stands in place for them, creating value for them and telling that story. And I, I just see our product work intertwined with storytelling so much. And I've actually been following some YouTubers lately because I've been tr- getting more interested in just how they communicate a story, right? Mm-hmm. And I was really, uh, you know, so if people go check out, um, uh, your website, current uh, currentresident.tv. Um, your TV, your sorry, your videos do such a good job of just drawing people into the story right away, mm-hmm. right? It's like w- what's going on here, right? And you're kind of, un- it's amazing to me if I w- if you watch like if you try to take a feature length movie and and squeeze it down to three minutes, f- there's no way. But mm-hmm. how you can accomplish that in a three minute video mm-hmm. presenting the the story of a organization um, just fascinates me. And I, I want to get into like, that process, um, uh, how you do that. First, can you give us an example uh, mm-hmm. to, to kind of take us through maybe a project, and then we'll break that down and how, that, how you actually do that.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, first of all, for the, the kind words. That means a lot. Uh, uh, one project that comes to mind is a company called Staffbook, and their work in the medical industry, specifically the nurse staffing industry. And even more, to niche down even further, it's the travel nurse staffing industry. And they're one of the largest, uh, their parent company is called, uh, actually, I don't know if I can say their parent company, but uh, it's, it's basically a, an app that, uh, that expedites the entire nurse staffing process all the way from you know the ground floor or in the clinic, uh, the actual nurses checking in all the way up to the CFO knowing their quarterly spend. And before StaffBook, it was really a an elongated uh, process that had limited to zero accountability from top to bottom. And what StaffBook does is really—I uh, should get paid by StaffBook—is uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is really just expedite that entire process down to uh, an instantaneous reaction, obviously through SaaS uh, software as a service and uh, encourages and, uh, inherently incorporates accountability through that service. So there's no more guesswork in, uh, how many nurses you need or what it's going to cost. You know, it's all compiled, combined into this, this app, uh, that obviously has different, uh, user interfaces, depending on if you're a nurse or a CFO.
0: So we got that as context. So that that's the organization. Uh, What was the video that you created for them? And then I'll follow up with, you know, how can we break down that process? But tell us about yeah. the video so we know where we're headed.
1: Yeah, so the video is a is basically a launch video. So StaffBook was, is a startup, and they came to us wanting a way, sort of what you were saying earlier, a way to encapsulate the entire process of what StaffBook is. Basically saying, hey, there's a new future out there uh, for the staffing industry, and we have it. Uh, but they didn't really understand how to articulate it and what to articulate, what's important, what's not important. So we started collaborating with them from the ground floor before they even had a logo. We started collaborating with them uh, to create this, this initial launch campaign to bring to the public. I think we should probably dive into the process of
0: We'll get back to talking with Patrick in just a minute, but I want to ask you about the key responsibilities of product leaders. One that they tell me is to mentor and grow product managers. And how do you do that? Maybe lunch and learn meetings, outside workshops, sending individuals to class, or maybe something else you do. I'll tell you what Motorola did. They used my RPM experience. That's the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. They started with a single pilot group, expanded it to all of their product managers across the globe. There's a quote from the director of product management who brought me in to help them. He said, I had to get my team performing well for a high stakes, tight deadline product project. I wanted a full perspective and not narrow focuses that others provide. The RPM experience delivered and now we have expanded it to all product managers. I recommend it to anyone. Personally, it was a great pleasure helping Motorola and helping to develop their product managers. You know what their biggest hesitation was before they started using the RPM experience? It's that it was a virtual experience, not a face-to-face workshop. Like a lot of people, they thought a workshop was what they needed. But you know what workshops are like. A seldom result in real behavior change. The RPM experience does. It's unique. It's virtual by design, and the specific elements of the experience produce results product leaders need. An added benefit is that it is cost effective for product managers, regardless of where they are. And we often have groups spanning multiple time zones. Get the details on how the RPM experience works by going to theeverydayinnovator.com/RPM. It worked for Motorola and it will work for your group too. Now let's get back to learning more from Patrick. So you, you started this collaboration. Um, what's you know, if we if you break this down step by step, you probably have a repeatable process you use. Uh, what, what's the first thing look like knowing that you need to create this video product for a customer?
1: Yeah, so we we definitely have a again coming from a manufacturing background, we definitely have a step-by-step process. And that first process is what we call is explore and identify. So really going back to diving in to that industry as much as possible, doing as much research as possible, doing competitive analyses. And obviously, they, this was creating a new category, but uh, there's still a lot of different companies that are in the staffing industry that we, we wanted to, to gauge. So really, it's just becoming an in, uh, a category expert as much as we can in collaborating you know, toe to toe with with the client and and trying to understand exactly what it is that that uh differentiates staff book not just on a values level right now we aren't even to the values but really just on a technical uh features and benefits level where how how does this thing actually come to be and how is it going to be how is it going to be received by by the by the industry at large because this was being premiered in a huge expo so it's it's really getting a fine tooth comb through it right out the gate and we want to be sure that you know it's it's making a good first impression so
0: yeah, that's the same thing, you know, we do for any product, right? So it's trying to figure out, uh, sometimes the competitive analysis is helpful for us. <clears throat> Frankly, sometimes that can be misleading sure. uh, because we follow the competitors instead of what our customers want. In your case, I understand what you're doing there, right? And so I kind of think of like a, a we might do a SWOT analysis as a business yeah. tool to say, okay, where do they fit into the marketplace? And what are their strengths compared to their competitors? And what opportunities are here? And what can we make stand out? Because if Mm -hmm. you're telling the story, standing out is the key thing. You know, there's this phrase that gets used. You don't have to be better. You just have to be different. Um, And and that could take us off on another tangent. We have to create value, you know, when we're doing products. But if we can't demonstrate why we're different, you know, the, the game's over. Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 start with doing that market research, understand the industry and understand how their benefits compare to what else is out there. Yes. So that's your explore and ident-
1: identify. And, and to build off of that really quick, mm-hmm. just there's one more key aspect and, you know, and I feel in the product industry, it, it goes without saying, but in our industry there, we go right back to what is the goal or the objective of this actual, uh, piece of content or this campaign and you know it it ultimately every decision has to be built to achieve that that specific goal uh so when we're when we're talking about you know how we come up with these ideas they're not just cute ideas for or pretty ideas for pretty ideas sake they're they're strategic uh creative ideas that directly correlate to Uh, business results. And that's something that we're adamant about. And then we have to have that conversation up front because sometimes people just want a pretty thing for a pretty thing's sake. And that's totally fine. Uh, But in this case, it was very much, you know, it needs to accomplish X, Y, and Z. uh, And we had that, you know, front and center the whole way through.
0: Let me ask you about a different example. So uh, I I know you're focused primarily on health uh, medical areas now, but you do other videos too. And one of them I found on your site was for uh, Hilton in Minneapolis there. Um,
1: Were you involved with that project? Uh, Yeah, that was one of our directors, uh, Matt Genesis, who's extremely talented. Okay.
0: Uh, So why I'm asking about this one. That I thought did such a good job of, of drawing people into the story right from the beginning. it's like mm-hmm. you know why is there it's basically a influencer is walking through the hotel and specifically, I think she identifies herself that way right that uh, you're like a, a social media influencer like okay what, what's going on here and she has this great room experience, and then she's out on the roof uh getting into the helicopter. Yeah. And the the goal then uh, uh, breaking this down like a product the the goal mm-hmm. that became apparent to me obviously was to get me drawn in so I keep watching this but the goal was oh it looks like Hilton is wanting people that live in the area to think about visiting a Hilton hotel right, right. and kind of have the away from your house staycation experience yes um and so when you're talking about you know with the client what is the goal that we want to accomplish and then thinking about how the story plays into that. And unveil unveil that goal in a way that is really engaging that keeps you want to you know you, you, there, that video I thought did a good job of building up some anticipation about what's happening next and again it accomplishes in three minutes which was just amazing
1: yeah and I I think that's the that's sort of where you you start to see those, those that brand storytelling and those values really come through in a way that you normally wouldn't align them. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be so on the nose. It can be, uh, the brand can be sort of an ancillary, uh, part of the story. Obviously it takes place in in the hotel and it's a key part of that, that, uh, that storytelling, uh, ladder, but it's not like we're it, the Hilton sign is flashed up right? and it's not, you're not getting beat over the head with some lady shaking hands with the manager. Uh, it's very much just. A, a storytelling element that that pushes the brand values yeah i i think in part
0: i i'm so attracted to this right now because i just stink at it you know the um if i was given that goal it would be you know your home is stuffy and it's boring you know come spend the weekend with us right it's, it's just way too direct um and so i i really am pulled into the storytelling aspect of the moment. So we have explore and identify, and part of that yeah. is identifying the goal for the customer. What stands out? What's different for them? Um, we now we have that goal in place. We kind of have a target. We're going to have a vision for what we want to do with that goal. Uh, what do you do next?
1: Yeah. So and then it's what we call as uh, prepare and assemble, which is basically uh, once you have that goal, you've got your research, and you need before you even move into that, you really need to say, okay, what's our our differentiating piece. How are we going to be from a, you know, a 10,000 foot view, how are we going to be telling this story? And I'm going to just bring it back to staff book because I think it, it does a really good job of, of creating differentiation and, uh, and, and adhering to those goals that we, we set out from the, the outset. Uh, so part of that, that prepare and assemble stage is saying, okay, we want to be able to come up with a concept that people can watch at an expo and be able to lay the brand foundation for years to come because the brand is in its infancy. And, and, you know, we're really that first touch point people are going to have with staff book. So we decided, okay, rather than having on camera talent and having this like, you know, pseudo this pseudo spokesperson mentality right out the gate, we decided to build a, an animated video. Uh, And we normally don't do animated videos, but it felt like a very uh, poignant and tactile way to accomplish the brand objectives uh, right out the gate. And rather than doing a typical explainer video, we've all seen the typical explainer videos, right? They're like, you know, some voiceover man or woman and basically just saying features and benefits and having some like, I don't know, cute little dog running across and saying you can order your dog from the comfort of your own couch. Uh, So, we said, okay, rather than going that route, because that's all cute and grand, what we really want to do is ensure people can see themselves in in this spot, because each one of these uh, these key customers, uh, which they have a, a lot of different key customers, because you're talking about an entire hospital system, you know, you're not talking to one person. One piece of content can't talk to everybody, then it talks to nobody. So in that prepare and assemble stage, we really wanted to be sure we're talking to the right customer with the right piece of content. And in order to do that, we needed to branch out from the original ask of the client. And this is only happens through through communication. Uh, We branched out into multiple different pieces of content for each specific uh, individual on that customer journey. So, you know, when we're talking to the CFO, that video looks totally different and has a a completely uh, different set of features and benefits and uh, narrator uh, or character that we're ad- identifying with versus the one that's talking to a nurse. So we knew right out the gate when we're preparing and identifying, uh, or an assembling, we need a robust team to be able to do quick turnarounds that can not only hit our, our, our deadlines, but also execute on a, on a, uh, one, one poignant point of view. Uh, so there's not a, a difference between, you know, deliverable one and deliverable two. It's really, all coming from a singular point of view. Okay, so
0: and those deliverables are distinct videos for different customers. The staff book is trying to influence.
1: Yes, and okay. and for very, I mean the the two instances I, I gave that CFO character uh, who's obviously worried about numbers uh, versus the nurse who is worried about uh, you know ensuring that her her vacation is still booked even though she's. Uh, you know, going to be only at this hospital for a week on Friday, she's got to leave early. And a lot of times in the old way, uh, they, the old system just looked right past that Friday and they'd have to work that Friday. Uh, yeah. but with staff work, there's accountability. Yeah. probably too good. Much, so.
0: That's great. The, the connection besides just creating the products there, for those of us doing B2B sort of products, we have mm-hmm. all these different roles that are in the buying channel, and we have to think about, okay, what do they need when we look at our specific product? Maybe we're building a SaaS solution uh, for them. There's still other elements that go around that I usually just call out the, the whole product. You know, how does it appeal to the CFO? How does it appeal to the CEO? How does it appeal to the end user, the other people that are in the buying process? Um, that comes into effect for us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so we have the objectives established that you wanted to you know present the brand and influence then decision makers with this, uh, and you ended up in this case. Uh, I assume there. I don't know if it started with with staff book in the beginning, saying, "Hey, we need a video for this expo," and then a transition to, "Okay, it looks like we really need you know I don't know five videos mm-hmm. instead." Um, was there that discussion going on?
1: Yeah, and originally they wanted one video, and they yeah. wanted. Uh, you know, I, maybe you don't have to keep this in, but you can, if you want, uh, they wanted it about half the price. And we said, you know, you can do that and you can talk to everybody, but you're not going to achieve your objectives. And I I don't think we're the company to do that for you. You know, we wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable doing a project that I don't think is going to succeed. Uh, so they ended up leaving and we didn't talk to them for about a month. And then they came back and said, you know, I think you guys are onto something and, uh, we appreciate the candor. Uh, so we, we said, okay, great. Let's, let's knock it out of the park. And we ended up making just two distinct videos. However, inherently in that creative, they are meant to be broken down into uh, a number of different uh, deliverables. We call them cut downs in our industry, which is basically saying, you know, that two to three minute video is inherently able to be cut down into a 30 second or 15 second video. Right. Uh, And we also were very adamant about rather than it being a typical explainer video, it having a narration. And that's something that at current residence specifically, we're adamant about the ability of, of a narrative uh, the sort of the magic behind narrative storytelling and having that creative and character arc uh, really engages people. And, you know, you mentioned the, the uh, hotel spot. That's something that without that, that narrative storytelling, You just have a, a pretty person going and hanging out in a beautiful place. Like it sounds like a 30 second commercial to me, not a a three minute branded piece of content. Uh, So I think that's where we really said, okay, let's, let's make sure we're telling a story here and people can relate to it. And we're really hitting on key pain points for that specific person.
0: Good. So after prepare and assemble, do you have a, a final stage that, or maybe another stage that comes in?
1: yeah we probably have too many stages, um, but <laughs> uh, we have uh, produce so that's really where we're we're uh, putting our feet to the ground and in the staff bookcase, you know you're uh, collaborating with your animators, you're collaborating with the client and you're building those uh, scripts and and design elements and really just putting everything together uh, and then after that is uh, solve and celebrate which in an animation sense, it sort of uh, intertwines with produce because that's in a in a production sense. That's where we would start doing post production, which is where you're uh, you know you go into the editing process, and that's uh, where you're putting clips together and things like that. But in an animation animated video sense, they're sort of commingled, uh, except to celebrate. Then we get a drink. The so the I
0: celebrate guess. part's good. Uh, yeah. uh, what, what did you call that once? Something and celebrate.
1: Solve and celebrate. Solve. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and this is where you're, you're basically doing the production work. So so in produce, you've collected all the resources, you assemble everything, you have the video product ex- essentially ready, it sounds like, and, and solve and celebrate you combine together, it sounds like. Um, and, yeah. and solve, you're really making that production ready. You're, you're, so now it's something you can give to the client.
1: Exactly. And that's where, in our instance, we're very adamant about uh, – client collaboration and that sort of goes back to why we wanted to create current resident in the first place is because we're in a very collaborative medium and a very collaborative industry not one person can make a great piece of content that really achieves the business results you want obviously there's exceptions of that but uh in the solve and celebrate stage we're, we're very insistent that if a client's out of state you know we want to be able to have that excuse me that editing process or have them be a part of that editing process. So they're a part of that story. So we're staying on brand so that those deliverables are exactly what they need to be, uh, in order to achieve those goals. And without that collaboration, you sort of have this, this convoluted, uh, back and forth between a a client and, and their story or their, their production that doesn't work in the long run. It may work in the short run because, uh, Uh, a creative person like myself and the people that at current resident feel like they've got more control over the process, but at the end of the day, you know, the chickens are going to come home to roost and you, it's better to have a client, a part of that entire process as opposed to lifting the veil and saying, here you go. And then them say, you know, you missed the mark. Why? And you realize, okay, we just spent two weeks missing the mark. Uh, And in a lot of ways it's, I know in the manufacturing industry, it's a lot of the, the same uh, situations where, you know, you have a client walk through the, the plant and they see the mixer and it's, uh, you know, the pH is off. It's like, well, you were never going to get away with the pH being off. You got to just have that be a part of the conversation and it, it alleviates everything. So we're adamant about that.
0: A tool that that we often use in that process are prototypes. Um, Some others too, but you know, along the way, we'll be developing a maybe in the very beginning stages a really rough prototype, uh, yeah. maybe a storyboard, right? That, that says yeah. what we think we're going to do. Um, something that is really easy to change, easy to share with customers. Uh, what what do prototypes look like for you guys?
1: Most minimum viable product. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well we storyboards are absolutely a part of our process on, on a lot of our projects and then we also use a thing called an animatic i don't know if that rings any bells to you but basically what it is is a it'd be the video that you and your kids would make on a, on a weekend when you're just running around shooting something because you had a spark of an idea and basically it's that and you just shoot with your iPhone or a, a camera if you if you've got it and make a, a really cheap inexpensive or free version of the concept. And we do that on a lot of our projects where it'll be a shot for shot idea, a base level of what this thing's going to be at the end stage. And that's simply, you you just pull the people that are closest to you within three feet and you say, Hey, stand here, look this way and you get the gist of it. But when it's all edited and with a music track under it or whatever it may be, the creative element, uh, you really start to see that, that, uh, that creative juju, if you will, uh, start to move and people start to, buy into an idea as opposed to just you know some words on a page
0: okay sounds, sounds like a video version of a storyboard right it's it, more it's, than just the pictures it's a little bit of what's going on and you bring in the audio and you kind of you start showing the story more than just drawing it out Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, well, one question I very much want to know your, your thoughts on the difference between a good video and a great video. And why ask this? Occasionally, I've had videographers come and, you know, do what I assume is kind of the boring thing if you're creative, uh, come and uh, shoot video of if I'm doing a workshop, right? Something I want to share later with people or just use for advertising in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of those videographers shoot video, and there's one guy in particular I have worked with that I would call more of a video director he 's shooting video right he's a he 's by himself they 're doing all that, but man, he is directing the moments, and when he pulls people out into the room you know to do one on one interviews with them about why they came to this or what they 're doing um, it 's a very different uh feel and much better quality uh, that I get from that. Um, and like I said, I, I've seen the explainer-type videos that you just talked about, and then there's ones that do a better job of actually engaging you, pulling you into the story, and they stay with you longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think about the difference between the good video and the great video?
1: Yeah. Well, that's a really, you know, I wasn't even going to mention the the directing aspect because in, in my world, and it's probably something where, you know, the, the uh, CEO of Starbucks still makes a cappuccino every week. Because, you know, you got to know the, the customers. And from our perspective, we always come to every project with a point of view. And if you don't have a point of view, then you're just like everybody else. And you can have a camera and say, hey, talk to this and ask a question. And it's just going to end up being, it's a commodity. Um, whereas we're looking for moments and we're looking for differentiation and we're looking for emotion and uh, engagement. And without a point of view, I think you have we have a, we have a saying at current resident video is useless unless you have something to say. And there, there could be the added verbiage of, unless you have something to say with a point of view, because it is inherent. And I, it's one of those things where every artist or company struggles to say, like, what do we stand for? What, how do I see the world? You know, find your voice is something a lot of people say. And it's something that's very difficult to do without putting in the reps and doing it. And I'm, I myself, you know, I'm, am, uh, every day I try and find my voice a little bit more. Some days I don't succeed as much as others, but I'm always trying to do, you know, 1% better. Uh, so I think that's, that's something that is inherently needed to really differentiate a video and, and for people to find value out of it. And it's difficult from a customer's perspective because it's a very, uh, intangible thing. You know, someone says, I have a point of view. Okay, great. Well, me too. You know, uh, why am I going to pay you twice as much as my cousin that can shoot a video and because you have a point of view, well, so does of see it or she. And I think that's something that us as, as business professionals can always get better at is saying is articulating our value, whether it be tangible or intangible. And yeah, I, that's sort of a long winded way of saying a point of view, but uh, that and over communication, customer service. I'm, I know it, it sounds cheesy but uh i think customer service can go a long way in terms of the the quality of the video too because when you get that collaboration uh from the ground up people know what to expect a little bit more they have some they have some pull in the product and obviously they're hiring you as an expert so you don't want to just bend over for lack of a better term and you know be a yes man you have to know when to to stand up for the idea or the objective uh because sometimes you know it can get bogged down when people are too close to it uh, but that's what they're paying you for yeah and
0: your example of staff book was you know spot exactly. on for that right you you heard what they wanted and they they wanted something that was a less expensive solution <laughs> to accomplish that so you know we, we can't really get there and then they ended up coming back and you created something great for them yeah so. Okay, uh, that, that that's helpful. I, I think there is this aspect of that collaboration is huge. Knowing where you're starting in the beginning, have that, that point of view, what you're headed towards, makes a big difference. When we're working on products, we need a product vision. We need to know what we're heading towards, and sometimes we miss that in the middle. I suspect you might too. That um, um, I don't mean to speak for you at all, but uh, you know we. we identify early on what we're going to do with the product. And then as we get into, into the, you know, kind of the messy middle of making that actually happen, um, we lose track of where the customer is is in that, right? It's like, hey, we're creating this cool product. Are we still solving the problem for the customer? Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing you talk about that is really, I think, helpful for the way the everyday innovators think about products as well and uh, keeping the customer in that collaboration. Oh, so, that's, that's great. Okay, I asked you to bring an innovation quote for us. Uh, what is that and why did you choose that one?
1: Yeah, uh, I picked a quote. I, I screwed up every time, so let me pull it up really quick. But um, I know it's Wayne, Wayne Dreyer. And uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And it's a pretty famous quote, and he's a very famous guy. But I've got a lot of those sort of self-help things floating around my head. But that's one that sat with me for, for the last couple of weeks when I came through it. And I think it's, it, it stuck with me for a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, we can be so quick to judge or we can be so, uh, you know, we have to act now because of FOMO or, you know, the, the competition's going to, uh, jump on this right away and we're going to, uh, lose our opportunity. And it sort of gave me pause when I think about that, that, uh, quote and say, so, you know, Maybe if I just sit here for a second and take a breath and internalize the situation and maybe even tilt my head a little bit and see it a little differently, uh, maybe there's a different opportunity. Maybe it's not as timely and uh, maybe it is as timely as I, and I realize a different uh, maneuver around that for a better outcome in the end. So that's been, that's been something that's been floating around my head. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: That's good. You know, the, the, the way you look at things uh, can change what you look at is also makes me thinking about reframing, which is a, a topic that we've covered recently. And it's a big part of when we approach any problem, we should be stepping back a little bit and asking ourselves, do we have the right understanding of this problem? Yeah. You know, are, are we looking at this the right way? So, yes. um, I, I think that that ties in well for that, at least for me, <laughs> that's good. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm a big fan of Ray Dalio. I don't know if you know Ray Dalio and principles, uh, I've heard not, the
0: name, but I, I'm not placing it offhand.
1: You might, you might enjoy the the book. It's a big book, probably, probably too big, but it's very digestible. And, uh, he's a, a hedge fund guy, but he's got this book called the principles and he's got work principles and life principles. And it very much goes into that same thing, you know, get, looking at things from a, a, uh, a 30,000 foot view and try and take yourself out of it for a second. Having pause can do wonders. So anyways, you were saying,
0: I was saying for people that do want to find out about the work you're doing, maybe they want to go check out. I assume there must be a staff book video out there, or mm-hmm. if they want to see the Hilton one that I, I mentioned, or find out more about what you guys do, how can they do that?
1: Yeah. You can go to currentresident.tv, or you can go to currentresident. Uh, on Instagram, currentresident.tv on Instagram. Uh, other than that, we have a newspaper that if you're uh, if you're a, a product person and you've got some uh, some copywriting skills or you just got a little creative bug that you got to get out that's not being uh, uh, fed through the the product uh, product atmosphere, we'd love to have you be a part of of the Jungle Newspaper. And you can sign up and be a part of our newspaper through currentresident.tv/slash the Dash Jungle. Uh, Jungle. I love the name. Jungle. There's one of the issues right there. Uh, so, yeah, you can – it's, it's, a, it's a physical broadsheet, so it's an actual newspaper. It's obnoxiously large. Like when you're on the train and you hit the guy next, to you're kind of large. It's awesome. So anyone that wants to write and get their writing into print – Uh, Check out
0: the jungle. I'll put all the links in the show notes to make that easy. Patrick, I appreciate your time. Thanks for the insights. I love looking at how uh, different products get brought to life and learning
1: from your process is really helpful. Yeah, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to The Everyday
0: Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers become product masters. Thank you so much for listening and telling others about this. That is the best way that you can help this podcast. is just tell other product managers and leaders about its existence. I really appreciate you doing that. Great discussion with Patrick. If you want to go get the summary of the show notes, the written notes of everything we talked about, find that at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 285. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.